The Mad Woman by Guy de Maupassant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devin Kemp The Mad Woman by Guy de Maupassant. I can tell you a terrible story about the Franco-Prussian War, Monsieur de Andolin said to some friends assembled in the smoking room of Baron de Raveau's chateau. You know my house in the Faubourg de Comay. I was living there when the Prussians came, and I had for a neighbor a kind of mad woman who had lost her senses in the consequence of a series of misfortunes. At the age of seven and twenty, she had lost her father, her husband, and her newly-born child, all in the space of a month. When death has once entered into a house, it almost invariably returns immediately, as if it knew the way, and the young woman, overwhelmed with grief, took to her bed and was delirious for six weeks. Then a species of calm lassitude succeeded that violent crisis, and she remained motionless, eating next to nothing and only moving her eyes. Every time they tried to make her get up, she screamed as if they were about to kill her and so they ended by leaving her continually in bed and only taking her out to wash her, to change her linen, or to turn her mattress. An old servant remained with her to give her something to drink or a little cold meat from time to time. What passed in that despairing mind? No one ever knew, for she did not speak at all now. Was she thinking of the dead? Was she dreaming sadly without any precise recollection of anything that had happened? Or was her memory as stagnant as water without any current? But however this may have been, for fifteen years she remained thus, inert and secluded. The war broke out and in the beginning of December the Germans came to Cormay. I can remember it as if it were but yesterday. It was freezing, hard enough to split the stones, and I myself was lying back in an armchair, being unable to move on account of the gout. When I heard their heavy and regular tread, and could see them pass from my window, they defiled past interminably, with that particular motion of a puppet on wires which belongs to them. Then the officers billeted their men on the inhabitants, and I had seventeen of them. My neighbor, the crazy woman, had a dozen, one of whom was the commandant, a regular violent surly swashbuckler. During the first few days, everything went on as usual. The officers next door had been told that the lady was ill, 
and they did not trouble themselves about that in the least, but soon that woman, whom they never saw, irritated them. They asked what her illness was, and were told that she had been in bed for fifteen years, in consequence of terrible grief. No doubt they did not believe it, and thought that the poor mad creature would not leave her bed out of pride, so that she might not come near the Prussians, or speak to them, or even see them. The commandant insisted upon her receiving him. He was shown into the room and said to her roughly, I must beg you to come up, madam, and come downstairs so that we may all see you. But she merely turned her vague eyes on him without replying, and so he continued, I do not intend to tolerate any insolence, and if you do not get up of your own accord, I can easily find means to make you walk without any assistance." but she did not give any signs of having heard him and remained quite motionless. Then he got furious, taking that calm silence for a mark of supreme contempt. So he added, If you do not come downstairs tomorrow. And then he left the room. The next day, the terrified old servant wished to dress her, but the mad woman began to scream violently and resisted with all her might. The officer ran upstairs quickly, and the servant threw herself at his feet and cried, She will not come down, monsieur. She will not. Forgive her, for she is so unhappy. The soldier was embarrassed, as in spite of his anger, he did not venture to order his soldiers to drag her out. But suddenly he began to laugh and gave some orders in German, and soon a party of soldiers was seen coming out, supporting a mattress, as if they were carrying a wounded man. On that bed, which had been unmade, the mad woman who was still silent, was lying quite quietly, for she was quite indifferent to anything that went on as long as they let her lie. Behind her, a soldier was carrying a parcel of feminine attire, and the officer said, rubbing his hands, We will see whether you cannot dress yourself alone and take a little walk and then the procession went off in the direction of the forest of Immoville. In two hours, the soldiers came back alone, and nothing more was seen of the mad woman. What had they done with her? Where had they taken her to? No one knew. The snow was falling day and night, and enveloped the plain and the woods in a shroud of frozen foam, and the wolves came and howled at our very doors. The thought of that poor lost woman haunted me, and I made several applications to the Prussian authorities in order to obtain some information, and was nearly shot for doing so. When spring returned, 
the army of occupation withdrew, but my neighbor's house remained closed, and the grass grew thick in the garden walks. The old servant had died during the winter, and nobody troubled any longer about the occurrence. I alone thought about it constantly. What had they done with the woman? Had she escaped through the forest? Had somebody found her and taken her to a hospital without being able to obtain any information from her? Nothing happened to relieve my doubts, but by degrees, time assuaged my fears. Well, in the following autumn, the woodcock were very plentiful, and as my gout had left me for a time, I dragged myself as far as the forest. I had already killed four or five of the long-billed birds when I knocked over one which fell into a ditch full of branches, and I was obliged to get into it in order to pick it up, and I found that it had fallen close to a dead human body. Immediately the recollection of the mad woman struck me like a blow in the chest. Many other people had perhaps died in the wood during that disastrous year, but, though I do not know why, I was sure, sure, I tell you, that I should see the head of that wretched maniac. And suddenly I understood, I guessed everything. They had abandoned her on that mattress in the cold, deserted wood, and faithfully to her fixed idea, she had allowed herself to perish under that thick and light counterpane of snow, without moving either arms or legs. Then the wolves had devoured her, and the birds had built their nests with the wool from her torn bed and I took charge of her bones. I only pray that our sons may never see any wars again. End of The Mad Woman 